Oh my god. No, let me go. Alright. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh really? <laughs> wow, actor. No, I actually Actor. That's it. <laughs> On point. That was a real sneeze. Going for your audition. We just need you oh to my sneeze God. on point. That brings up a story. So when I was in my senior year of production in high school, we did like Miz and there's a scene uh, in Master of the House where there's like some dead time for the uh, ensemble. And yeah. so we're like pretending to be like drunk or like doing whatever we wanted basically. And um, I decided that I was just going to be like really tired. Like that was my character's jive like that was what i was doing like and so i would just yawn profusely for the whole scene but the thing about yawning is once you start you cannot stop it's contagious it's horrible and so i just was i couldn't stop yawning throughout the song so i go like master of house. oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> yeah meryl streep <laughs> in the in the stew right Shut now up. my lord yeah it was pretty funny that was convincing. Thanks. No, it's because I really did yawn. And well. then I couldn't stop yawning. And then I'd get off stage and I'd be like, wake up. You could just wake up. And then I'd be fine. Isn't that the secret to acting, though? And that was me slapping my face, not my ass. Just so you know. If you heard that over the mic. I don't think anyone was like, yeah, she's, oh, she's spanking she's booty. She's smacking her own she's ass. She's bare right ass now. in the stew. <laughs> they don't know what we do in the stew. It's all oh secrets over here. You know what I was thinking of? Hmm. What were you thinking of? You know how in like parties, you know, you'll go to a party and you've got like one designated bathroom for like everyone to use. Yeah, and I then, hated like, that. I everyone, hate that. everyone like washes their hands, and then by like the fifth person, the towel is just wet. Oh my god, towels it, are is, disgusting. Is that towel not just disgusting? Oh, at it's that so point? gross. But yet everyone continues to use it. And it's like let me wash my hands and immediately touch this bacteria-ridden towel. I feel like updated mandates for partying post covid no world. towels you need to Only have paper like, towels paper towels or you need to like have the towel guy hire a butler for the night <laughs> you can stand in the bathroom you know that weird thing who affluent who in our it's just you, you, you hire, you, you hire your buddy that. who's like always asking you for food he's like dog i will pay you like you'll get tips just hang nice. out near the bathroom and make sure that that towel is always dry you know yeah towels are disgusting i think about that a lot um yeah i don't get it i don't get why like no one thinks about that because i'm like oh my god because they're drunk nobody gives a shit when they're drunk i care I'm yeah the- but you don't care enough to say something i mean what are they gonna do what am i gonna expect hey, the-, the towel's too wet <laughs> hey the towel's too wet hey i'm not washing my hands for the rest of the <laughs> night until, <laughs> until this is fixed. <laughs> i'm becoming a biological weapon until <laughs> you replace this towel this one's on you huh Welcome, everybody, to our second episode of Show Dependent. Today, we're going to be talking about two Twilight films. We're going to be doing New Moon and Eclipse today. So we're going to condense things down quite a bit from our first episode. (laughs) Yeah, you know, here on uh, Show Dependent, we like to be an open book. Cards on the table. Last episode, a little bit longer. Is it a little 
little too long. A little bit longer, and by little bit, I mean about 50 minutes longer <laughs> on that recap than we wanted to spend. So this one... We wanted like 15. We know, gave you like 55. Always evolving. Always moving forward. Mm-hmm. You always get better. You we get a little bit mindset. better. Every, mm, growth mindset. Is if you believe yourself to get better, mm-hmm. you might get a little bit better eventually. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here today. That's the spirit, dear. And as DJ Vavich said, well, first of all, I guess we should do this, huh? Yeah. The man you're hearing right now with the soft, smooth voice that I was told last night was good for radio. What boomer told you that? <sighs> he was a man playing Paladins on Xbox Live, so I oh. don't think he was a boomer. Oh, okay. I, w- I thought I missed a sad conversation from our barbecue. Nope. Okay, cool. My name is Victor V. Sweet. And as I'm- for n- <gasps> Oh. As for now, that's all you get from me. <laughs> My beautiful co-host. Hello. Hi. Sorry. My, my other half. I cut you off. I apologize. That's fine. You can do that any day. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so as long as not, we're not in a car. Yeah. So yeah. long as we're not in two cars. Two, two. <laughs> I cut you off in one vehicle. How does that work? My beautiful co-host is... DJ Vivich. Hi. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's already going off the rails. I hate it here. Okay. Let's keep going. Here on Show Dependent, we talk about our codependent relationships with the things that we love. Whether that be a film like Twilight, whether it be TV shows, books, video games, anything. Music. Sometimes you consume media and it takes over your life. You become attached to it. It could change you forever. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, we have been covering the Twilight franchise. Something near and dear to DJ's heart. Oh, Yes. Not only my heart, but my soul. Exactly. So we should get into where were we when these films came out. I will start us. Perfect. Because as we like to do here, the person with the least exposure going to start you off. Victor V. Sweet. Let me paint the picture for you. The year 2009. November to be exact. A freshly high school graduating Victor V. Sweet was just ready for college. 2009 had all my hopes and dreams ahead of me. And they quickly came crashing down. So, the last thing on my mind, first of all, I have terrible memory to begin with. Got about like five memories from my childhood. I believe that year was like the standout year of middle-aged women wanting to have sex with Robert Pattinson. And Taylor Lautner. Why do you always add them? Because <laughs> he was getting some, some cougar energy too. I understand. But last time I said that they wanted to bang Taylor Lautner and you were like, and Edward. Because it's both. <laughs> they, you can't have one without the other. Okay, it was never so exclusively I gotta say, one. I got to say both of them? Yes. All right. Either way, you would be hard-pressed to find any memories from me from that year, let alone me thinking about Twilight. was the last thing on my mind. I was more focused on, you know, graduating high school. Trying to stay hydrated. Getting a scholarship. Immediately losing that scholarship. Perfect. A little spicy. I did get my ass grabbed by some older woman at oh, a party. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was something. Did you... Was... Was it an enjoyable experience? I mean, yeah, it was fine. Oh, see, I've only been groped once, and it was in high school, and I hated it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this this is setting up the tone for most of this episode, I think. It's just going to be like, ha, 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 shit got real. Um. <laughs> the, the short of it was we had to, like, go drop her and her friends off, and then as we were saying bye, she was like, oh, hi, see you later, and grabbed my ass, and I was like, oh, all right, thank you. So that thing happened. That's kind of nice. A little kind of a little compliment, a little I guess. Boost. Yeah. Depending on how you interpret it. Yeah. The only other thing, highlight of my life at that time was playing Asher Roth's I Love College. 
and Mike yep. Posner's Cooler Than Me, back to back. And then you back. just, after that, no memories. And then I was just like, man, I could be a DJ. You are good at it. And that was it. That was two songs and that's all it took. You're like, the that's it. I've unlocked it. That was your Exodia card and your Blue oh, Eyes White Dragon. you've activated my trap. <laughs> DJ, what was your experience? 2009, 2010. Here we go. Oh, ready? You buckling up? Yeah. It's um, a vastly different experience for me. Um, this is when I started like actively repressing memories, I think. Um, <laughs> but basically from... Because I'm going to kind of talk about it within the context of uh, the fall of 09 leading into the spring of 2010. So I was a freshman in 09 and then went into my sophomore year in 2010. When I was a freshman in high school, I exclusively hung out with the anime scene screamo nerds. And it was great. And I just hung out in a little alcove of our high school, like tucked next to the theater and we just like sat in a dark corner and like just fucking nerded out for all of lunch period. Oh boy. It was really bad. Sounds real rough. It was bad. I spit on a kid at that school. Oh no. By accident. Yeah, you were aiming for the trash can, right? <laughs> he was a trash person. He was sitting right next to the trash can. And if you ask me, still to this day, I am mad at him for sitting there yeah. and allowing me to spit my gum on him. Big mistake by him. I don't feel bad about it. It was his fault. Point taken. Yeah, it was interesting because that was, ironically, the darkest place in the school brought me the most joy. I loved hanging out with those losers. It was so fun. Twilight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, but I was a big freaking nerd. Yeah, I hung out in a theater alcove. That's where the hang spot was. And I had very, very few friends. I spent most of my time writing shitty poetry and hating myself. Those were like my two hobbies. It's like, be sad and let people know you're sad. That's what I did. That just slowly transitioned into my sophomore year, which was basically the same. The only difference was that I was a little less sad and I was trying too hard to be cool in choir. And what that means is I wanted to be a cool nerd. Wait a minute. Yeah, it's an oxymoron. No, that don't make no sense. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I literally was just like, I'm, I just want to be a cool choir kid. Um, <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, look at her. She's singing. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is that Wonderwall by Oasis? Oh, boy. I could not oh play an instrument. God. That's too much credit. I just wanted to be a musical nerd and cry and sing about my feelings. And I mean, that's still true today. So what, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? On the darker side... So spring of 2010, I developed an eating disorder for a very short amount of time. <laughs> Victor's eyes just turned to dinner plates. They got so big. <gasps> yeah, All I right. developed a small de- eating disorder. Small. It only lasted for about three months. But basically, food just didn't taste like anything to me. So I had no incentive to eat. So I would eat like tiny minuscule amounts and i think this is when my depression meal of just eating a hamburger happened i would come home from school and i'd be hungry but i didn't really care so i just took a frozen burger patty from the freezer pan fried it and then i would dip it in ketchup and that's all i would eat for the rest of the day oh boy (laughs) oh boy yeah but i like didn't eat for like three months you were really 
I was sad. Twi- Twilight was made for you. It really was. And it doesn't help that the the plot of New Moon is isolation. It's depression. It's depression. And I was reading that book, basically, and seeing the film as my depression was just deepening. And so that just kind of added on to the weight of like, oh, nobody's ever going to love you. And even if they do, oh. they're going to leave you eventually. Oh. <laughs> My lord. So, no yeah. No one's ever going to love you. He's really a vampire anyway, so yeah, he's going to so go get fine. himself killed. He'll just kill you and it'll be fine. Then you'll finally Man. be happy. Yeah, it was intense. You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes the media finds you. you it know? really did. Wow. And I, I, I shaped so much of my aesthetic and personality off of these books. It's kind of haunting. No, I looked hot. I was just sad as hell and not mentally <laughs> stable at all. That's even hotter. I... <laughs> I was trying to be a manic pixie dream girl when I was actually just a super fucking weird person mm-hmm. that just <laughs> cried a What's lot. What's the difference? I mean, you're right. It was bad. So it was interesting to see how I could, how these movies and books kind of paralleled my mental state at the time. So yeah, that's pretty much where I was during Eclipse and New Moon phase. It is time to transition from where we were into the recap of the films. Now, as stated earlier, we're doing two films in this one. So we're going to give you the recap of both back to back. Back to back. Then we're going to talk about the first film, New Moon. Some important points. Bleed that into Eclipse because these two very much blend together. Definitely. So we're going to do a recap from New Moon right now. Again, if you haven't watched the film, it's coming from, you know, you'll get my relationship with it later. But from a 30-year-old man <laughs> who has seen this movie now twice. Honestly, these films are worth the watch. I oh, think. they're very fun. They're very fun. Don't take, don't take life too serious. You, no. You're not better than anyone, all right? I want you to know, especially you. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking to. I see you there. You're not better than anyone, all right? Go watch the movies. They're fun. They're fun. Good time. Let's get into the recap of New Moon. Let's do it. DJ, I'll can take you it take us here. away? Could you do the honors? Oh, absolutely. So New Moon is appropriate for me to recap because it's the saddest fucking book in the franchise and film. So let's go over the movie. So we start out with Bella having a nightmare about her being her grandmother, or at least looking like her grandma. Uh, But as we know, Edward doesn't age. Uh, That's disgusting to look at and see and perceive to just think of hot Robert Pattinson making out with a grandma. It's what Edward was waiting for. It's why he chose a human. He's like, mmm, granny. He looks up mature on the hub. Oh, my God. So from the jump, Bella is developing a huge ageism thing. She decides, I hate old people. I never want to get old. Guess what? If she doesn't become a vampire, she will become old. The great thing about this film is that we lose the blue filter. People look like people. And the vampires actually look much hotter, which is surprising because you would think like, oh, they need to look cold. They look fantastic, and everybody has just had a major glow up. They look great. They've got better fashion. We fast forward to Bella's birthday. She's invited to the Cullens' house for a surprise birthday party. This idiot finds a way to not only ruin her own party, but also kill herself in the process, potentially. She opens a a box and slices her finger, and Jasper proceeds to go shark mode on her ass. But in reaction, instead of Edward just lightly pushing her out of the way, throws her into a fucking wall, bounces off, crashes through a table, and proceeds to bleed all over. And that kind of triggers Edward into deciding, uh, this is not going to work out. I think I'm going to leave. 
So Edward quickly hits Bella with the, come take a walk with me. Which we all have heard that at some point in our lives, probably. Hey, we, uh, we need to talk. Can, can, we, I, can I talk to you real quick? Can we talk right now? Can we, can we have a... When you get off work, we need <laughs> oh to talk. Oh my God, that's oh. the worst. Fuck, man, I just got into work, dog. <laughs> Why do people do that? I hate it. It's so triggering. Edward basically lays it out for Bella. I don't love you anymore. You don't belong with me. We don't belong together. I'm leaving. You're never going to see me again. Bella... Gets so sad she falls into the woods and just takes a nice hard depression nap, which I can relate to. She gets super sad for months, cannot stay happy, doesn't talk to anybody, and the only exception to that rule becomes Jacob. She finally finds a way to like pull herself up and kind of be okay again by hanging out with Jake. Soon into their friendship developing a lot more, Jake becomes a raging asshole. And Bella doesn't know what the hell is up, but Jake starts avoiding her and starts getting sick. And she cannot connect to the dots of why he started acting weird and why everybody in the Quileute tribe has started walking around shirtless and being, like, super trashy. She can't pull that out of her thick skull that, oh, this has to do with werewolves. But we get there eventually. They come to the conclusion that we know where Edward is. He thinks that Bella is dead because Alice saw a vision of Bella jumping off of a cliff, but she survived because she landed in water, but Alice didn't see that part. So Edward decides that he wants to kill himself because Bella is dead, and then they end up going to Italy to stop Edward's attempted suicide, and it's a pretty intense showdown between Edward and the Volturi. Things work out, even though tempers got high. They're able to go back to Forks and reunite and pretend like Edward didn't completely abandon Bella for seven months. And Jacob's pissed because he doesn't want Bella to, one, be with Edward, or two, become a vampire. And what happens at the end of New Moon is it's revealed that the the main plot from here on out is if Bella becomes a vampire via the Cullens, that will break the treaty and it will cause a lot of strife between the vampires and the werewolves. The only way for Edward to agree to change Bella into a vampire is for her to marry him. And that's where New Moon ends. And Eclipse picking up right where New Moon left off. We open on a guy getting turned into a vampire immediately. We pick up on this whole marriage thing. Alice has a vision of something bad, but obviously they don't tell Bella. She doesn't deserve to know what's going to happen to her. Why would she deserve that? No one can catch Victoria, still from the first movie, for some reason. And a mystery army of what is called newborn vampires is coming. We get a love triangle in this film, but it's more like Bella really leading Taylor Lautner on and cucking Edward at the same time. Call him Jake. And cooking Edward at the same time, which is fantastic. <laughs> Jasper is a Confederate soldier for some time. He also has battle scars. Thank you. <laughs> That's very essential. Surprise to no one, Victoria made the vampire army. And they swim from Seattle to Forks to get absolutely, positively washed in about two minutes of screen time. Edward kills Victoria, but the bigger threat has arrived. The Volturi who we saw in New Moon, definitely want what Edward and Alice have, those powers they have, and they up to something. They also wonder 
Why is Bella not a vampire yet? What happened to that whole agreement? But no matter what, the wedding is set for August. And yes, that means that all of this, four, no, three films, has happened in about a year. Seven of which Edward is gone for. Seven months of which, yeah. Yes, seven months of which Edward is gone for. So, you know, they've been together for three months. Seems like a healthy relationship. It's wedding season, baby. I hear wedding bells. And that is Eclipse. Wow. Now that you've had the recap, maybe gone and watched the films and come back to us, let's talk about some big things, big moments in New Moon first. What did you want to talk about, DJ? What stood out? What are the key themes? What's really, you know, why? Why New Moon? You're in your depression. Ooh, yeah. Why New Moon? Why does it stick? Um, I think that the reason it sticks so much for me is because... Like I said in our little download, it was really the perfect storm in my life because it was just adding depression on depression on depression on depression and justifying it. That's what these films and books did. Because I was going through parallel things, it made it even more real, which made it, ironically, my escapism was still my reality. Because even though I wasn't like dating a vampire or anything like that, the real like sad, the big sad that we feel in New Moon, whether that's in the soundtrack, the film or the book, mm. like it's just constant low energy. Yeah. And that's how I was feeling. That's probably why it sticks the most. Yeah. It's just it does a really good job of making you feel sad. And I was like, ooh, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm going to be. I can see that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a weird phenomenon before we get more into this list and sort of go down it Mm -hmm. is, which I guess I get sometimes, but, you know, Victor is a Sag boy, a man who enjoys the dance music 365 (laughs) days a year. But people like lean into their sadness, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm sad, let me play some sad songs. So maybe, you know, Twilight was there for you. Sad. Let me get more sad. Let me just wallow in my despair. Oh, yeah. Could be healthy, could be not. Oh, it was extremely unhealthy. (laughs) Like I said, led to an eating disorder. You're right. Thank God I was able to bounce out of that. I think I love food a lot. Thank the gods. I remembered. Yeah, thank the gods. All right. Well, let's get into this list here. Let's do it. First of all, as DJ said, everything and everyone just looks better now. Oh, my God. The blue filter off. Hashtag no filter. Hashtag no filter. Everyone looks like a human. I'm sure there was a filter, but it was a good filter this time. Oh, it was like XX Pro. Oh, it's beautiful. Instead of veranda? I don't know, filters. Everyone looked better. They looked like humans. It's like everyone... Also, it's probably because everyone like aged up a little bit. Yeah. So their features were more defined, you know? Because in the first one, they were like, ooh... These kids are maybe like... These kids are maybe like 22. Yeah, and they also like put everybody in just white pancake makeup right they just looked so chalky there was no humanity in them the humans did not look like humans and the vampires looked even less so like people (laughs) they looked like the tall whites right like it was just scary some aliens "Mm." walking around yeah not good but in this one you know everyone aged up a little bit because this was what like a year later Mm mm-hmm felt looked like it was like five years later so everyone was like strongly like 26 27 even though they're supposed to be like 17 their features you know everyone was like "Ooh, your features are defined now and you look real nice oh everybody in this film looks because immediately beautiful. jasper was just immaculate that hair my Bro god scars. Mm-hmm. we'll get to that in eclipse alice 
Alice is gorgeous. My God. Ashley Green is one of the most beautiful people. What she was my goal aesthetic. I don't know what she's doing at the moment, to be honest. I think she may still be working, but I don't know. I wanted to be her, and it shows in my photos from that time. My God. I had the pixie haircut. Mm. I dressed like her. I wore a denim vest. Like with the, yeah, I, it was... No, like a cute one. Like the... I understand. Like the cropped denim vest, the Ooh. halter style one. Nice. I had one of those. And I would wear like cute little frilly skirts with... Of course, we have to go with the classic early aughts fashion choice of wearing capri leggings underneath a mini skirt whoa yeah and was, ballet flats that was like the height of fashion oh yeah like, that and like triple laying your camis oh so you have right. like four yeah. shirts on it was like a, a, like a revisiting the of the 80s of when you stacked your polos yeah it was back the in the thing. day i saw the girl with like the triple layered shirt i was like oh my god i don't know why why, why did was we it? think that was, was like hot. she's got more because modest is hottest <laughs> you are awakening oh, she's so leaving, much religious trauma. She's right leaving now. so much to the imagination. You can still see her arms. I gotta see what's <laughs> under those three Hollisters. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's honestly true, though. <laughs> I don't know. Alice was slash is 100% like my Your type. type. And Jasper well, as that well. That means you ja- you're my Jasper. Aww. It finally happened. Oh. I literally posted on Facebook. I edited don't. a photo. <laughs> Oh, I remember. I edited oh it's my on our God. Instagram page. We have to do a picture mm-hmm. dressed as them. Oh my God. It's destiny. And you could, oh, long term booking it and be like, I finally found him. And then maybe one of your high school friends will be like, She did it. You did it. I'm going to kill myself. You did it, honey. Just like, you know, the silent Fred cheering for it you in the atrocious. background. Could you imagine? I want to jump off a bridge. We have to do thinking it. Thinking about that. I got Ugh. the hair now, too. I don't. I'd have to cut it. Oh, that's fine. I can. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I was right. planning on growing it up, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Everybody looks so goddamn good now. Yes. I'm so happy for them. Well, let's transition from that everyone looking amazing to slightly heavier topic of the damnation of the soul and how <laughs> they may look better now, but the colons, at least most of them, are still soulless. All of them? Do they all feel this way? It's kind of unclear. I feel like Alice and I Jasper are chilling. Yeah. They em- don't really Emmett care. seems fucking cool with everything. He's a himbo. He doesn't give a but shit about his like, soul. Rosalie, who we'll get more of in the next Jesus movie. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jasper kind of doesn't feel great about it. No. But like Carlisle, I don't know what his wife does. She's like not in these at all. Edward yeah. definitely feel like... I'm undead. My soul is tarnished. I am worthless. Like the, I would never wish this on anyone. Yeah, which is a really so kind of weird it, thing for me. Yeah, what's up? You'd with that? think like a hundred years in, you'd figure like, no, this is actually an amazing gift, and right. I have so much potential to do good in my endless amount of lifetimes. Right. Why wouldn't you look at it through the lens of I can be an angel on Earth instead of a demon? Yeah, you can do a lot of good. Yeah, exactly. Which is what Carlisle does. That's how he justifies his existence. And he's doing a great job. Oh, yeah. He helps Bella after the accident on her birthday. Right. Stitches her up, takes all that broken glass out of her. And he, even while he's doing good, he admits to Bella, like, I don't think I have a soul. And if I do, it's damned. Just so pretty what, fucking so what dark. does that mean, though? Like, what, what was Stephanie? Yeah. What was she going for there? I don't know. It's kind of hard to look at through the Mormon lens. Because, I don't know. 
Because theoretically, vampires represent immortality. Yeah. But it's also interesting because they're immortals on Earth. Mm, so they don't exist. on their own planet. Yeah, they don't exist in their own realm. And they'll never get their own planet. Mm-mm. I mean, maybe they will after they die. But how do they die? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, and by die, I mean just are destroyed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie Meyer wrote another book called The Host, and it's about aliens. Oh, I forgot about that. It was It's pretty good. It's a bad but movie. But it kind of explores like reincarnation concepts, which are pretty interesting. But in the, but in the realm of Twilight, I don't really understand the importance of souls. I don't know why it's a relevant conversation to even have other than talking about vampires as monsters. But it's quickly revealed throughout the franchise, vampires are not monstrous. I mean, some of them are. They consume human blood. But it seems like even the ones that do are pretty strategic. Those are the bad guys, though. Yeah. Those are the bad ones. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. And we'll get into it a little bit more in Breaking Dawn as we learn more about like worldwide vampirism and what that oh, looks like. Shit. Um, you <laughs> forgot about that, didn't you? My mind's being blown. <laughs> I don't know why that's always so wild. Like slide spoilers for 28 days, 28 weeks later. Yeah. If you haven't seen them by now, oh well. But it was always wild. The, you know, 28 days, it's like, oh no, zombies are like in England. This shit's wild. What's the rest of the world doing? And then in 28 weeks, it spreads out a little bit further, still in England. But at the end of 28 weeks, you see them running. The zombos are running from the tunnel that connects, like, England to, like, France. Mm. And then you're like, fuck, it's going global, dog. Like, everyone's screwed. And that's always, like, wild, you mm-hmm. know, because you think, like, if it's happening here, is it happening everywhere else? Yeah. And then when you see it everywhere else, you're like, oh, we're going screwed. I mean, that's you what know? happens with our pan- That's what happened with the pandemic. Oh, my God. We lived you like it. How, you like how I attached it to a fake franchise before, like... <laughs> before real life things that we've endured Listen, for I don't, I, don't, I don't need to do this no more. <laughs> I don't need to think about reality anymore. That's why we escape. It's funny because a lot of people's reaction to the pandemic this year was watching pandemic films right, no, and I'll virus films. Yeah. And it's kind of what I did with my depression. You're it was right. like, I'm in it. I'm facing it. And I'm going to just you dig wall- even deeper in. Yeah, you wallow in it. Yeah. Damn. And people did that this year. We have the same brains now. And this is totally credited to the last podcast on the left. But we have the same brains now as we did in medieval times and even before that. Oh, I totally believe we it. We are Pe- fucking dumb. People like to act like we're so smart. But as the past year and a half has shown, we've learned nothing from our past. Definitely not. Everything is circular. Everything comes back around. People didn't believe in science in the past. And when scientists came up and said, hey, we should do these things that are proven. No, I'm not going to do that. And where are we today? And where are we today? And Carlisle, a man of science, but... Yeah, he, he... It's interesting, and that was something that was always kind of... I, I shouldn't say always. An interesting concept that was brought up a few times as I was getting ready to leave the church was the idea of holding science and faith simultaneously. And there are people that can do that. Always interesting. It's always very interesting because there are like devout Christian, Catholic, Muslim, whatever... Like, denomination like astrophysicists about. astrophysicists and, stuff. and yeah. it's like how can you hold both at the same time that's always been a really wild concept to me right so i oh, guess I that's it, kind yeah. of like what carlisle's character is right it's balancing humanity 
the afterlife and science simultaneously. But in Carlisle's defense, I guess, he's had, what, 500, 600 years to do this? Right. How long has he been a vampire? He's been around for a really long time. I... They talk about his rebirth, I, I should call it, when he became a vampire. I think it was in the 1600s. 1600s? Yeah. Good. What was he? His father was a pastor. Good God. So that's probably where he gets all of his religious yeah. trauma from. Which because, we'll get into in yeah. Eclipse. Yes. And again, how we have like the same brain, we're conditioned. Mm-hmm. These vampires have lived such long lives that they are literally like keeping old traditions alive yeah. in themselves. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And passing them on to their children. And passing it on. But they don't have children. I mean, they're adopted children. Edward and You're right. other, you know. You know what? Sorry about that. You know what? <laughs> children Bi- are children. Biological children don't have to be the only children. You're right. You know? I'll, I'll watch myself. <laughs> Watching Le- microaggressions. Learning every day. <laughs> Learning every Shouts day. Shouts out God to all you it. kids out there who uh, <laughs> got adopted. I'm, do- I'm done doing this. <laughs> yeah, I should stop this bit. Okay. You like that next point, though. I love this next point. This is kind of, I guess it just kind of ties in emotionally. When I was sad, I didn't really appreciate the kindness behind Edward's actions in New Moon. Because when he pulls Bella into the woods, I mean, he could have been a real asshole and just mm-hmm. fucking left. He could have just gone. Ghosted. And ghosted her completely. 2021 Edward would have ghosted. He would have ghosted her for sure. But he, like, pulls her into the woods and just kind of breaks her heart intentionally. It's, a, in a way, a parallel of what she did to her dad, Charlie. Right. Because he says everything he knows he has to say to hurt her oh, enough always. to get her to let go. That's a classic trope, too. Yes, it's a very good It's trope. like, uh, what do we call it? It's not old yeller. What's that? You know, but you know the classic. Oh, the black beauty, the horse the one. Black, yeah, that yeah. classic. Like, won't you get out of here? You huh? filthy animal! Get out of, can't you yeah. see? I hate you. Yeah. And always, you know, the kids like tearing up. Yeah. Like, Fuck man. And the horse being a horse is like, I know, I know you don't mean this, man. Yeah. <laughs> With his horse sense. Why is this horse? Oh, <laughs> why is this horse talking right now? Yeah. But the horse knows, like, I'm not understanding a word, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I, I see feel these the tears. energy. I know he doesn't mean this. I mean, but horses I gotta, can feel emotions. But I gotta go. But Robert does... Kristen has not grown at all he in was, this fucking franchise. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. She... Did you say in she, this franchise? In this franchise at all. Okay. She... she oh, for as an actress... Oh, yeah. She's say. completely grown. From... After after Twilight, she got so much better. But well, I feel she like she was... discovered herself. Yeah. She was also just stuck in a character that refused to change at all. So it, how do you change as an actor when your character literally has to remain the same? Right. She's like... I can interject one yeah, more go time. Ahead. She's almost like a video game, like silent protagonist, where she's supposed to be like the conduit to everything else. Mm. It feels, yeah, her personality really is not that strong. Yeah, because she needs to be able to like, oh, you as the reader, yes. are her, so you feel what she feels. Yeah, and I, I don't want to like shit on Kristen Stewart. No, 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 no. She's no, very no. talented. Hey, Robert, she's Pattinson. working with the material she's been given. Exactly, he shit on the material. And, oh, he still this, does. I love man, it. But this man was acting here. Oh my god, the scene where he has to say goodbye to Ella. Ella? Ella A A. Mm, Holy uh, God. That was it. Thank you. I meant to say Bella. When he's hey, saying goodbye to Bella. <laughs> saved it. You know? It's like that video of the drunk girl in the club who trips <laughs> and then she turns it into a breakdance yeah. move and she's like <laughs> Professional podcast. There you go. You're welcome. But Robert's acting in the scene where he's saying goodbye to Bella. 
and breaking her heart and simultaneously breaking his own is so well acted I never appreciated it until this watch through because I've seen these films like I would guess a dozen times if not more than that wow and watching him break her heart like that and him being in so much pain but still like being able to like kind of bite his lip through it Mm -hmm. and just get it out there and be able to do that he did it so well it's crazy how quickly he transformed under a new director, under a new aesthetic. Right. Oh my God, that pea coat he walks in in. Oh. Fucking, mm, it's so good. It's so good. And that's like the most well-acted scene in this entire film was that goodbye scene in the woods. Kristen's just like, oh, Edward, Edward. And then she falls I'm down fall and has down a Snow White moment. Yeah. And then we were watching together and I was like, oh my God, she's having a Snow White moment in the woods where she's just crying like face down in the dirt like Snow White and then she became Snow White yeah and she was cast as Snow White in The Huntsman like good for her life imitates art wild art imitates life imitating art that's too many layers art imitates art imitating life life imitating art imitating art imitating life yo yo (laughs) yeah so let me throw in another point here Please real do. quick, just because it's kind of along with the change in director. Yeah. It's also the uh, Edward rolls up Volvo label out. I think they may have done a relation, now like a brand I, now deal that I with think Volvo. Of it, I feel like there were like commercials where it was like Holy Volvo shit. commercial and like Edward stepped out. You know what I mean? I think you're right. Right? I, that might be a, like the collective <laughs> subconscious, oh. but I feel like that was a thing. That's weird. It's like advertising for... Volvo you, nobody really Twilight thought characters. about it though like yeah. my people like that were into the franchise <laughs> the twihards my, my people my my culture at this my point culture was just you know thirst trapping teenage girls who could not afford cars but you can get an older boyfriend who owns a car <sighs> have i been being groomed by this franchise this whole time i don't know but i don't own a volvo so <sighs> sorry you got to get on that please Battle scars. Battle scars. You just got to get a horse from Texas, and I then got, we'll be fine. I got a Chevy. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much a horse. <laughs> He's got horse power. It's a horse name. No, it's not. You wouldn't know. Chevrolet. That's a horse's name. Isn't that French? Yeah, for horse. <laughs> no, it's not. Look it up. I'm not looking it up. You want to talk about leaning into depression? Oh, let's bury Oftentimes ourselves. Sometimes when people lean into depression. They start to maybe get a little reckless. That's putting it lightly. When you When you start self-hating, you start to get reckless. And what does Bella do for most of this film? She gets a little reckless. Yeah. Because when Edward left, he explicitly told her, don't do anything dangerous. So, of course, like a child, you tell her not to do something, she's going to do it more. Yeah. First of all, I must add, she goes to a movie with her friend Jessica. Anna Kendrick. And as they are leaving, Jessica's just, she's got the gift of gab. She won't shut She's the just fuck running up. off at the mouth. Bella's obviously not paying attention. And Jessica says the line, you know, like, I know you got your old depression and all that, but like, why didn't you call me? You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Good for you, girl. Just not paying attention to your friend's like wants and needs, not paying attention to her going through a tough time. Yeah. Because it's all about you, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that that is like strategic because, and we can circle back to this with like Stephanie's intentions, but I think what Jessica's character provides is like a foil to Bella because Jessica Mm. is the stereotypical teenage girl. 
Yeah. And Bella breaks most of those tropes. She's quirky. She's quirky. She's... She's sad. Not coordinated. She isn't interested in prom. She... Quirky. Doesn't fit the quote-unquote traditional stencil that we give teen girls. You know why I wear this hat? It's because I'm weird. I like it. And I'm weird. I don't fit in. Very nice. Thanks for bringing that show into all of this. You're welcome. I definitely do think that the intentions of that were to make her not only be a stereotypical teen girl, but also be annoying. It was interesting to see that. But then Bella makes the bonehead decision of hopping on a motorcycle with a 40-year-old idiot. Yeah, who was visibly balding. Yeah, he was not even cute. They couldn't even make the guy attractive? No. I guess that was to show that Bella didn't care. She's just so desperate. Yeah. To see Edward, or at least the ghost version of him right so she starts she starts doing reckless things and for some reason sees like hologram edward mm-hmm. who is actively is that is it ever shown that he no it's not actually happening it's just in her mind yeah okay i mean they have superpowers i was like maybe he's no like i understand we're yeah telekinetically. it's not it's not telepathy or okay. anything like that it's and i get it i mean she's gone through a traumatic she's gone through multiple traumatic experiences at this point And sometimes your brain can break in just the right way that you start hallucinating. I think that's what it is. It's been over a decade since I've read these books, with the exception of Twilight. So I think that it is just her willing him into existence, basically. Right. It's dumb as shit. But I mean, I guess I kind of did that too. Hurting yourself to feel something kind of thing. That's why people self-harm. Right. It's an escape and it makes you feel something. Mm -hmm. So even though she wasn't actively trying to hurt herself, she was putting herself in situations where she could potentially get really hurt. Mm -hmm. Isn't that healthy? It's very not, which leads us Mm -hmm. perfectly into another point. uh, How did you feel about the portrayal of a young girl endangering herself pretty Mm -hmm. much for a guy, like for attention? Yeah. It's really unhealthy to think about and look at, especially in retrospect, like just how invested I was in this franchise and how much I cared about these characters, thinking that that was normal behavior. Right. You know, it's funny because as we watch these films, I'm starting to realize my favorite character is probably Charlie. Because yeah. he's the one <laughs> the that keeps everybody grounded. It's like, this isn't healthy. This isn't normal. You need to create distance. We need to move on. You need to hang out with different people. And growing up, I fucking hated Charlie because I wanted to be. Yeah, I wanted to be the edgelord sad bitch who just cried all the time. Tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And in retrospect, it's like, no, Charlie is absolutely right. He cares about his daughter. He wants her to be happy and healthy. And if that means trying to. To pretend to be okay until you can be okay again. That's what you need to do. Right. Which I guess, you know, sort of we've been watching, I guess I'll do another plug, Defunct Land Mm -hmm. on YouTube. And he's been covering, well, we've been watching the TV series ones. And that sort of ties into us also watching Bluey. I'm just full of the plugs here today, you know. You can call me Edward with the Volvo. Oh, no. See, I was thinking you were the 1940s operator. Just plugging oh, all just those plug wires, in wires into, holes, into holes, making connections. Yeah, it definitely goes with the portrayal of adults and parents in media. Yeah. You know, oftentimes when you're a kid, adults are portrayed as like antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Like the things that they do, you don't really get that a lot of times 
whether intentionally or not, because some parents in media are just like made to be antagonists. But a lot of times the parents do have their children's interests at the forefront. Yes. But then when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, well, they're getting in the way. Mm-hmm. But as you grow up, you start to see like, oh, wow, he's actually making really good points. And he's actually like cares about his child. Yeah. But you just, you know. Charlie's the only real hero in this franchise. Oh, wow. Because everybody else is doing things out of their own self-interest. What about Carlisle? I don't know. I mean, Carlisle is heroic in a sense. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. I never said he was a bad dad. But he he is also... Selfish? Yeah. Because he like made a family for himself? Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess in some ways... He forced almost everybody into his life don't want out of that. loneliness yeah which is and he carlisle talks about that in twilight well, at in least the he book. Can admit it yeah he's like i one thing that immortals struggle with the most is loneliness wow which is why a lot wow. of them result to barbarism Whoa. becoming these monsters because yeah. they've completely lost touch with their actual humanity lean into it so he he coped by creating this family, starting with Edward and then Renee and then the rest of his family from there. Edward was the first? And yeah, Edward was the oh, first. He made a son first mm-hmm. before he got a wife. Yeah. Damn, dog. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Real kings make kids Real- by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> he, this man is a fucking seahorse. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, squeezing I'm him out. good. <laughs> he said i'm good i don't need none of that oh boy that's crazy yeah but he was so depressed that's why he needed edward in his life mm-hmm. and he sad. did it out of selfishness but it you know i mean i guess it kind of just turns into the whole thing of nobody asks to be born right no one has to be born no one has to be turned into a vampire mm-hmm. you know it's just things that are thrust onto you, you people get thrust upon oh and in a weird way you know even though edward and all the other family was already alive Carlisle did like force them into like a sort of new birth, you know? Yes. And that's what just being a kid is. Mm-hmm. Like being born into this world, being anyone is like, yeah. well, now you're this new thing. Yeah. You didn't ask for any of this, but now you have to live with it. Yeah. And in a way, this is like, and unfortunately in American culture, there isn't a lot of portrayals of female coming of age stories. Right. Female coming of age stories. The no. closest one I can think of is Peter Pan. Oh, Peter Pan. Yeah, because it's about Wendy the classic becoming one, yeah. a woman. She's about yeah. to start menstruating, which means she doesn't get to share a room with her brothers anymore. She has to grow up and start becoming a woman. Wow. And that's why she comes up with like the fantasy of Peter Pan mm. and having to confront the situation where she has to stop being a kid. Right. It's interesting. This is a big tangent, but it's really interesting to talk about the actor that plays Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter franchise, he played the live action version of Captain Hook. Oh shit. In yeah. the Peter Pan like two thousand seven movie With or Robin whatever. Robin Williams? No. That's Hook. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, this is the one that I was like, whew, I was in love with Peter, but now as an adult I'm in love with Hook. Because mm. Hook represents the like female gaze. Oh, he's shit. like a subversive character and Wendy's like kind of attracted to him and she doesn't understand why. Mm. And it's because she's not quite a woman yet. But he represents the adult world and how scary that is, but how necessary it is to like dive into. Wow. Yeah, it's a great but like I how's said he, how's he looking in that? Oh so fucking hot. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's got like one arm and just chest hair. Does he go? Oh, I was about to say, do we get to see chest? Oh, it's so nice. Mm. There's a scene where he's like shirtless. He's like cranking his arm on, and I'm like, oh, he cranking something. Oh my goodness. (laughs) He ain't the only one cranking. Yeah, it's great. But. All right. <laughs> it's funny because like this is like a female coming of age story. That's true. In a very conservative sense. Mm, yeah. Because I don't know if it's conservative or not because there is a lot of sexual tension in these books, which is innate in any vampire Especially story. Especially in these in these, these next, next few. Next two. Yeah, these next two coming up that is like the whole crux. God, there's so much we could talk about with this because yeah, vampires are classically portrayed as sexy and like, They're like succubi. Yeah. Mhm. Because they're always, with the beginning of the introduction of Count Dracula, he's like, ooh, like forbidden and like lust and like, oh my God, you know, he bites necks, Mm -hmm. you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's crazy. It's wild. And that kind of, maybe we should talk a little bit about other monsters in the franchise since we're kind of on this note right now. Oh, yeah. With werewolves. (laughs) Can get to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really interesting because Bella can wholeheartedly believe in vampires but can't pull out her dumb head from her own ass to figure out oh jake's sick because he's a werewolf and he he literally told me this like seven months ago and i've just repressed the even mere concept that oh well if vampires are real then werewolves must be too right it was real dumbass move on her part it was somewhat baffling in this film that at this point you know bella has fully understood and grasped the concept that vampires are actually tangible like real things Mm -hmm. in her universe yeah but then when taylor lautner reveals that he is a werewolf and like his tribe they have werewolves in the tribe and you know this is the movie where it introduces them and you get ever more into the tribe their culture the fact that they're werewolves they're protectors they defend people they fight vampires which is always interesting that werewolves and vampires are at odds in many franchises Mm -hmm. which i wonder where that comes from is that like classically a thing i don't think so i think that the crossover potential is probably associated with night because werewolves they just fight for territory yeah potentially which we'll definitely get to here in a second because we're already on the topic of or werewolves but Bella understands the vampires are real and then is baffled by the idea that werewolves are also real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, girl, vampires are just the same, if not more insane than werewolves. Yeah. What? Why are you confused? Oh, my God. <laughs> what? We didn't mention. We saw. Oh, right. Life and death. There's a Twilight retelling. Yeah. Of it's gender bent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Edward is a woman. Edwina? What's her name? It's so like, bad. It's not Elvira, but it's like Elvira. Or it's like Eve or yeah. Eva or something, which, my God. Like a vampire woman. Oh, my God. I have it Hot. in my... I actually got it in my library audiobook right. hold list. So, I will so be So, maybe at soon. some point, some supplemental, like, ooh. It's sure a short hot. episode. Mm-hmm. We could do shorts. Cute. Talking about mysticism, Mm -hmm. I guess, cryptids, all that stuff. One thing that sort of ties these things together and is seemingly, I guess, a real way to describe why we think all these crazy, creepy things exist is sleep. Yes. Nightmares, night terrors, Mm -hmm. which Bella definitely goes through in this. 
yeah. which again ties into, you know, depression and stuff. So I can relate. I had night terrors. If, if you want to take it away. Yeah. So I had a night terror episode for about two months leaning into my freshman year. I was just having a lot of anxiety and that crept into my subconscious. And basically what would happen is I'd go to sleep at night and I would wake up screaming and crying oh and I would like sleepwalk to my parents' room and I would be like, I need help. I need help. And then my mom would just be like, what's wrong? And then I would say, I don't know. Mm. And then they'd tell me to go back to bed and I'd wait. <laughs> Thanks for the comfort, guys. Get no out hugs, of here. No, no back paths. What's no. wrong? I don't know. If you don't get out of my room right now. Yeah, I probably could have been um, coddled <laughs> a little bit more. That could have helped me. They threw the pillow. Dunk. <laughs> yeah, they told me to go back to bed, and then I'd, I would, and then I'd sleep, and then I'd wake up the next day, and they'd be like, "You did it again." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh boy. And they'd be like, "You came into our room last night again, scream crying." Right. And I was like, "Sorry." Sorry, I, I don't guess. remember that. Yeah. yeah, but it was really bad because it was just. It, it was, I never really saw things. It was more like smells and sounds. Oh boy. And yeah, I would like, I would hear an old woman screaming like out in pain and I'd smell burning rubber like on tires. Mm, 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 And mm. then I would see like transient shapes and colors, but I couldn't escape like the void I was stuck in. It's like I could hear things happening around me, but I had no influence on them. It was really scary. As I've said before, that's very ominous. Mm-hmm. But my goodness. Yeah. What about you, Victor? What about your sleep paralysis? Yeah, my only thing. I had episodes, multiple episodes. I've had sleep paralysis happen multiple times in my life. Thankfully, not any time recently. Yeah. It's only been, I guess, in times of like super extreme despair, mm-hmm. anxiety. Which I had a lot of anxiety not that long ago, but luckily sleep paralysis did not come back. Sleep, the things that you see when you're asleep, like sleep paralysis, I would not wish on anyone. It was the scariest time of my life. I don't know about you, it seems like you know you weren't really conscious of it happening, what you were doing. And if I was conscious, it was for a very brief moment, right. but yeah. But for myself, like sleep paralysis, once it happened to me, I was immediately conscious of it. And it was 100% that thing where I was afraid to go to sleep, you know? Mm. Like, I would stay up. I remember staying up as late as I could. That way, when I eventually did go to sleep, in my mind, I would be so exhausted, I couldn't dream. Therefore, I couldn't have sleep paralysis. So that was my way of, like, coping with it. Because I was 100% like, I can't sleep. Yeah, I mean, when, when your brain is your enemy. Yeah, I was like, if I sleep... I'm gonna have this happen and then I'm gonna wake up scared, shitless, breathing hard. It was intense. Which is interesting because Bella goes through night terrors. Mm-hmm. If we want to connect it a little bit to you, Charlie, we see the parent go through it along with how, you know, your parents had to go through it as yeah. well. So you sort of can start to see, I'm sure, just like Charlie was portrayed for your parents, at first it was very scary and then you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, just shut the hell up. No, Get my the mom, pillow. my Where's mom my was, pillow? 
My mom was so close to taking me to a psych unit, right. though. She was like on the verge of getting. I mean, me I can understand. I, I can only imagine. Again, we get a glimpse of it, Charlie. You know, he's like, oh, he can't. There's nothing he's you can losing do to help. Sleep. It's you know? like having yeah. a newborn. She's not resting. Right. And she's constantly waking him up with yells and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's scary. And we will get into it in an eclipse, but we see Charlie, her father, unable to help her. Yeah. And then in Eclipse, we get to see Edward, and he can't help her. Yep. Which is interesting that she did that. Mm-hmm. Sort of showing, I guess, in a weird way. Maybe we're giving Stephanie Myers a lot more credit. I don't think she's quite as... Eloquent. Eloquent or forethoughty. Like we, as we discovered forethoughty, yaddy, yaddy. Ooh, <laughs> hey, hey. a new word today. Hey, if it's up, then it's up. <laughs> it's up. <laughs> yeah. No, but... Yeah. But I feel like we're making a lot of good connections here where, like... And I mean, that's just media in general, right? Mm-hmm. It is what you can make of it. For sure. But there are a lot of great connections here. Definitely. I think we should start wrapping up. Yeah, we should get into New Moon Eclipse here. territory. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about this more in Eclipse since we're going to get into Eclipse here in a second. But feels like Stephanie Myers gave the werewolves the only like big Pac character group. Yeah. The brown people. Gave them pretty much almost all negative Mm-hmm. traits yep. obviously they're great billy black good father whatever you know they have good things but a lot of their traits are negative yeah which i found very interesting as a brown man being like okay well why why do brown people so aggressive why, uh, why was this about mm-hmm. hey why is he walking with a limp why's he got a bandana out of his pocket oh, what the hell's okay going on? <laughs> there are no cholo werewolves in this franchise oh, could you imagine oh though? my god that's sick mexican werewolves mexican werewolf oh, oh my, my god. god that sounds so sick That'd be dope. would they be wolves They'd or would be, they look they'd more be lobos? <laughs> lobos. Los lobos. I guess they still would be wolves. I'm just wondering if like the coloring would change depending on the region. Because yeah, you know be how more... they would be more of a like a desert. Deserty. Oh. Or like a coyote kind of coloring. Yeah. yeah. They'd be fast. Stephanie, you squandered so much opportunity. Right. <laughs> the last thing is Robert Panson. We were at a recent gathering. Mm-hmm. oh god they brought up the fact that robert panson apparently has a weird nipple (laughs) if you go you can google robert panson nipple apparently it's a thing you'll see it it's very prominent in the scene where he's trying to kill himself in new moon Mm -hmm. where he's about to step out into the sun and he like drops the robe Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, and i'm like it ain't that bad why are we shitting on this boy huh yeah why are we body shaming he's a person that is a person that's a person that's someone's son that's someone's brother i don't know if he has siblings to be honest oh my god i know nothing about robert pattinson i'm learning good good i'll keep it that way i don't deserve to know him <laughs> but yeah i don't know i don't think his nipples that crazy it's just slightly lower than his just other slightly one slightly lower and it's got a very prominent ring of hair around it yeah but who doesn't have a weird body thing you i was know? about to say who doesn't have hair on their nipple <sighs> porn stars i guess because wow. they've been lasered off Anyway, to end New Moon, Edward, he he brings Bella back to the house and is asking them, hey, let's take a vote. Should we turn Bella into a vampire or not? And pretty much the whole family, save for Edward and Rosalie, Mm -hmm. says, yeah, we should. And Edward takes this, the decision that's happening for Bella's life. And he says, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Specifically to Carlisle. Uh, Which parents... That's the theme of New Moon. Apparently. Yeah, just, why are you doing this to me? Just parents. When really these parents are just doing their best. <laughs> yeah. They're just doing their damnedest to but that's be what a good, angst is. 
a good parent. That's what angst is. That's so funny. Love it. Let's get into Eclipse territory, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. This is my favorite film of the franchise, and it's probably, or I don't know if it still is my favorite. We'll find out at the end of this after we do Breaking Dawn, but- I'm going to tell you something real quick. hmm. might be my favorite. You You like Eclipse? why? Why? Jasper. Oh, right. My boy gets to shine. It's a huge draw. My boy gets to shine, but something happens. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I mean, you already said it earlier, but... The Confederacy. Oh, fucking... Why'd you have to go there, Steph? You want to talk about it right now? Yeah, we might as well from the top. Because it's so insane. It is the most questionable choice in the entire franchise that she made for me. I don't think so, but yeah. You don't think so? I think it's the second most questionable choice. Have we seen the first ones? What? No, we won't see the first one until next film. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, but this is insanely... Yeah, it's completely unnecessary and it does absolutely nothing to serve the plot whatsoever. As the the kids these days would say, it's very sus. So sus. Let me break it down for you. So we've seen Jasper lurking in the background. Twilight, new He's genuinely done nothing up until this point. For two films, he's said maybe five lines total. A couple of those are repeat lines. They're all pretty much say, I would like to not kill Bella or I would like to kill Bella thus far. Perfect. In this movie, though, Jasper, my dog, gets to shine. Mm-hmm. He's like built up as this incredibly tactical guy who's like great at fighting. He pretty much comes up with the whole plan to defeat the major threat. In Eclipse. In Eclipse. The newborn army. Yes. He trains everyone. He does all that. And at one point during their training, which he's killing, by the way. And his girl, Alice, he was so proud of her. Mm-hmm. Bella asked him, how are you, like, why do you know all this? How are you so good at combat? How do you know all these strategies? And Jasper says, well, now that's a story I could tell you. We do a flashback. <laughs> God damn it. And Jasper was alive during the Civil War. Nay, he fought in the Civil War. Better yet. What side was he on? Not the not the right one, that's for sure. <laughs> Jasper was a Confederate soldier. Why? Why? If she wanted him to be in Texas, and you brought up this point as we were talking about it during the movie, yeah, he could have fought for the Union and exactly. been from Texas. I don't give a shit what these losers, you know, I don't know, don't need to get too aggressive. They lost their But losers. the Confederate lost. Y'all didn't get to keep your slaves. It wasn't for states' rights because yeah. it was states' rights to have slaves. Yep. You know, you lost. Slavery was shit. It'd always be shit. The Confederacy was shit. The idea to make this man who was, like, highly likable. He's so charming. So charming. The idea that he would fight for the Confederacy makes no sense. No. Not at all. And it's just like, like I said, she could have either made him from any of the other states that, you know, were northern states and then still had him have a southern accent. Maybe he moved there or something Mm -hmm. or literally just be from Texas and realize, no, I'm not going to fight for the Confederacy. I'll fight for the Union. Yeah, there's something like inherently racist in this because... Like, in Mormonism, part of Mormon culture was fighting in the Mexican-American War. Like, a lot of Mormon men went off and, like, tried oh, to kill all right. those Mexican people. During to kill this me? Time. Yeah, they were trying to kill you. 
and like you know get i was them, running around back then get them the hell out of the west so that was probably just oh. like internalized quote-unquote xenophobia get even though mexicans, mexicans were in this country way before white people were um, yeah but it was just yeah. insane to me why did he have to be a why confederate would you soldier make him a confederate soldier make him from the union then all that's washed away yep and then which i thought was somewhat kind of cool mm-hmm. but also not cool now that i'm thinking about it jasper's backstory how he became a vampire he was a confederate soldier why he runs into like three latin women yeah three latinas but it's hard to tell if they are even are latin except for maria Uh we know maria is latina but her like two side chicks right are somewhat ambiguous or light skin but maria Mm. she you know is brown he walks up to her and she's like oh i could use you turns him into a vampire during the civil war he brings up the fact that during the Civil War, there were huge vampire battles. Apparently vampires, Newborns, not surprising. Yeah. yeah, probably wanted to be racist too. I'm going to throw that out there. Oh, definitely. Um, the long term. We have to maintain the status quo, right? So Stephanie Myers somewhat made a cool choice in the fact that like during the Civil War to end slavery, there was a Mexican woman who was in power yeah. calling the shots. Mm-hmm. But she was a villain. And she was yeah, <laughs> ultimately, yeah. She made Jasper kill younglings. Yeah, which we was went with the Star Wars route. Yeah, Ain't that something? And he made it very clear that he feels everything that right. everyone else is feeling. Because Jasper, my boy Jasper's power, his quirk. If you watch My Hero Academia, <laughs> which I don't. No, me either. I might even be wrong about that. <laughs> it's <laughs> perfect. His power is that he can feel and manipulate the emotions of others. Mm-hmm. So Maria, 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 Maria. Beautiful. She uses him, mm-hmm. manipulates his feelings for her, which I guess, you know, he loved the Mexican woman. Apparently. I digress. She uses his ability to manipulate emotions to control her armies. Mm-hmm. And he says when she ordered him to kill the weaker ones, a lot of times children, he would feel all their pain before and during the act of killing them. So this man has PTSD uh-huh, and he has visible battle scars. There it is. Sorry, I was going <laughs> to say depression. Uh, Probably some of that too. But he found Alice. Aww. So I'm gonna she leave it. Him. I'm gonna leave it on this positive note, mm-hmm. which is adorable, because yeah. Alice can see into the future. And Jasper's like, you know, I thought I loved Maria. I was lost, but I didn't know like what was coming. And then he like hints that Alice said that she saw him coming, like yeah. in the future. And she says, like, oh, you made me wait long enough. Mm-hmm. Or no, like he had to wait long enough for her to show up. Either way, it was very cute because she like, I'm a romantic at heart. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that she saw like, oh, a man's going to come that's going to love me, mm-hmm. which is adorable. It's very nice. Yeah. And so it's, Jasper. It's pretty cool. Confederate soldier for some fucking reason. Despite that, people can change, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's the lesson because mm-hmm. he never shows that he's racist. No. He did kill a black person. During the fight against the newborns, but I'm willing to give him a pass. Benefit on that. of the doubt, they were the enemy, <laughs> so he just had to. You know, he didn't seem to do any any more it wasn't aggressively. Targeted. He didn't seem to. That one's it mine. Was not a hate you crime. know, he didn't say, "I'm gonna kill that man." Pointing from across the yeah. field. Jesus Christ. But oh boy, questionable. Yeah. At best. Speaking of questionable choices, 
imprinting is introduced oh, in Eclipse. Boy. I get it. It is a real life animal world concept. It's do they a, do that? Yeah, it's a biological thing. So Aww. imprinting is, it's like our concept of marriage. When, when animals mate for life, that is basically imprinting. That's them choosing their life partner. Little penguins? Yeah, penguins Aww. do it. Ducks do it most of the time. It's mostly birds that mate for life. Lots of birds mate for life. Some mammals, but we're introduced to imprinting, which is something that the werewolves apparently exclusively feel. They zing. They zing. God, Hotel Transylvania is so good. So good. It's so good. Yeah, imprinting, Jacob describes it as being like gravity, but instead of gravity holding you to this life, it's that person. And you'll do anything and be anything to be there for them. Which is an intense thing. And he claims that the only reason he knows this is because of the Sam, Emily, Leah love triangle that is within the tribe. Right. And they he knows this because they share kind of a hive mind. They hear each other's thoughts and they have no choice but to hear each other's thoughts. Which is super fucking awkward. Oh my god. No privacy? Are you kidding me? It's like your parents picking up the phone line. <sighs> When you're talking to your crush. And everybody all the reading time. your diary. All the time. Just no, there's no secrets. You're jerking it in the bathroom. Everybody they knows. They literally, yeah, they literally yeah. know. Because multiple times in the film, they're like, oh, we heard Taylor Lautner thinking like, oh. Jake. Call him Jake. We heard Taylor saying he wants to bang Bella. Guys, can we be cool? It's not cool. Can we be cool Super and just let the man, gross. at least don't tell Bella. Well, and that's getting back into it that's another bad trait that yeah. the wolves have L- let me get this out real quick please it's insane the werewolves they're a pretty cool group of characters oh, definitely. and they have a great backstory i feel like stephanie myers gave them so many negative traits because they're highly aggressive especially when they turn which is similar to the vampires i guess but they have a hive mind they like intrude on each other's thoughts never want to really work with other people very stubborn she just gave them so many negative traits and we see it portrayed so much in taylor Mm -hmm. like he took all of edward's dick energy from the first film and then made it even worse yeah in the in these last two films and the thing that seems like super unfair and what is just like a continuation of a very toxic trope is you know, something that's been happening for decades, especially in American culture, is the hyper violence yeah. that people of color, especially men of color, get attributed to. Get them. attributed to. And of course, Sam, the leader of the werewolves, he has a uh, wife? A fiance. He has a fiance who has a visible scar on her face. Why? Because he got mad and hit her, essentially. Yeah, he like transformed while she was too close. And right. Hit her. Supposedly the woman he loves. And right. he does love her because he imprinted on her. But then again, but then, another yeah. portrayal of love that's very problematic. Because mm-hmm. what what is that, you know? Yeah. Because in terms of domestic violence situations, you know, you often do, at least from what I could hear... Yeah. hear what i understand a lot of times people do love the people that abuse them mm-hmm. that's not okay it's not an excuse yeah. it's not all that you know stuff like that so it's just weird it's weird that she did that like you couldn't have made it one of the vampires you know <laughs> or something yeah 
I don't know. It's but it was just weird. Well, and it's an it's just, it's a further othering of people of right. color because you took this woman who is already part of a marginalized group, made that group even more marginalized, and then marginalized her by having a visible deformity. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you doing? Why do why are we creating so much otherness? We already know that these people are a select group. We don't need to push it even further. Right. Not to mention that Stephanie, which in her credit, I think the intention was pure in the idea that she wanted to represent a native population. Yeah. Which is a noble thing. And to get a quote, the Quileute tribe is real. They are a real tribe right. in Port Angeles area. They're alive and well and, you know, still struggling to function in some aspects. They recently did like a fundraiser because they had... Uh, some property damage from a fire, I believe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a real place with real people. And I wonder. Yeah. Have they ever said anything about their portrayal in these books? I don't know if there's ever been any outreach or if there is any truth to like the, if they felt a certain way about it. Yeah, and I'm or curious like the if the backstory. Or yeah, stuff. I'm curious if there are real world. Yeah, I wonder if they were tied tribal to like stories. That tied too. into wolves. Huh. I don't know. We that'd can, be interesting to find out. That's on us to do research on. We could research and or, if somehow anyone from the tribe has connections to the tribe mm-hmm. is listening, reach out to us. Yeah. Did you get any money? Yeah. From the franchise because you should have been paid somehow. Showdependentpod at gmail dot com. Yeah. Or on the Twitter, the Instagram, Showdependentpod. Reach out. Let us know. That would be very interesting. Yeah, because I'm really interested in how the tribe was treated during right. all of this. Because as a brown man, mm-hmm. I felt somewhat slighted by some of the portrayals. I think a lot of it does come to intent. But it's a conversation worth having because yeah. these these films and these books definitely have real world implications. Because we have very, very limited expressions of Native culture right. in our American consciousness. It's mm-hmm. usually cowboys, white cowboys, sometimes white cowboys in blackface, oh, killing native John people, Wayne. and them being always portrayed as malicious and evil, and yep. the pe- people that need to be stopped. Right. Yeah. So very interesting. Another portrayal of a Native American population by a white woman. Yep. So that's why I would like to see. Maybe I want to know what her research, research was. I suppose that ties in perfectly here. Jacob is a piece of shit for a lot of this film. Yeah. He surprise kisses Bella. Yeah, big rapey energy. Hated that. Yeah. Edward, he just gets better and better. Edward, yeah. But it's only because Jake is there to be an asshole by contrast. True. The short of it is Taylor Lautner. I think I just called him the wrong name a second ago. But Taylor Lautner, he... uh, (laughs) Perfect. Gotta keep kayfabe. Jesus (laughs) (laughs) He confesses his love to Bella says i want you to be with me and kisses her to like prove that she loves him which fellas women anyone out there do that don't ever just force a kiss not cool she immediately right hooks this man breaks her hand a very comical moment oh so funny you laughed so hard it was great the foley artist killed it right there oh yeah it was such a good thunk as soon as they come back edward immediately knows Mm -hmm. and he just gets in taylor's face and it's like why don't you get some consent the next time you do that yeah she didn't want it don't do that Mm -hmm. which i thought was very interesting because a lot of their love portrayals in this franchise are not great oh definitely not but that was good yeah uh but on the flip side of that 
Edward also fucks up Bella's car so she can't see Jake. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit still, guys. Let's not forget that. I mean, that. hey, he's still manipulative. Oh, yeah. He's all that. very... Oh, it's the really love. Bad. The love portrayed in this film is... It's because it's not love. Yeah. It's just passion. Ooh, yeah. That's all it is. On Jake and Bella's part, especially. Passion. It's hard because Edward, one, he doesn't really know what love is. He's experiencing it for the first time, but he's seen it portrayed for a much longer time in healthy ways than mm-hmm. Bella has. Bella's going through this for the first time. So is Jake, but he's going through all these hormonal changes and he's becoming a werewolf at he's the same a, time. He's a young boy. Yeah, he's younger than Bella. So he's going through things at the same time too so every portrayal of love has a twinge of fucked up to it right and it's like oh guys just can we see one healthy relationship please please i suppose the only somewhat healthy thing is bella's relationship with her parents i feel like it's pretty good yeah because i guess we should mention now the fact that bella's turning into a vampire is looming yeah as much as edward doesn't want it to happen as much as taylor doesn't want it to happen yeah she wants it part of that is that she won't ever get to see her parents again or like her life mm-hmm. again it has to be She's all left in the past die yeah so the colons seemingly have pretty much told bella you need to go see your mom before this happens so they give her plane tickets and all that mm-hmm. she goes and spends time with her mom it's a nice little moment you know they bond throw some memories out she at the end says, I miss you, mom, which, you know, we could take as she knows she's never going to see her again, pretty much. Yeah. So she's already saying, like, I miss you for the future. Yeah. Her mom just takes it as, oh, I missed you too, honey. My big point here is the fact that, and I know they somewhat explained it away in the last one. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's been a while since What I've their seen explanation these. is. But in this film, Charlie says to Bella, if my kid went missing, if you went missing, I would never stop looking for you. Mm-hmm. which is pretty messed up when you know that she is essentially going to go missing yeah if that is the case then charlie's just gonna spend the rest of his life looking for her yeah. and he's gonna like die a heartbroken old man mm-hmm. who like thinks that his daughter abandoned him or got yeah. kidnapped or was murdered or something yeah. i don't know how they explain it i don't know and you know we'll have more closure with the next two films right but because can they never have contact I guess if she could make a phone call or two, <laughs> that would solve this. Yeah, but I don't understand what the difference... I mean, just fly him out and have him go on a quote-unquote right. vacation and have Charlie come visit for yeah, a weekend. Yeah, he can't come hang in Alaska for a weekend. And I think like what the ultimate thing is, is it's, it has to do with Volturi. Right. Because it's like their cardinal rule, like nobody can know right. about us. So I think that's the overarching justification <laughs> of keeping humans out of the loop. That's true. But from a jump, that's been broken. Right. We initially break that rule from the beginning of these books. Right off the bat, that rule is broken. You're like, we got to break this rule now. Yeah, she found that out pretty easily. Yeah, she's like, oh, if vampire. Bella could figure it out. Yeah, this dunce. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. How was the rest of the world not figured it out by I now? don't know. The cuck scene in the tent. Can we please talk about that? Oh, yeah, and that connects to what I was saying when uh, Charlotte couldn't help Bella in the first one. And mm-hmm. now Edward can't help Bella Cause, in this one. Yeah, as we've as we've established, vampires are cold. Yeah. They're basically like cold blooded creatures. They they're don't hard get warm. Stone, baby. They're hard like rock and they're cold as stone. Never not hard. But basically Bella's forced into this 
ice cold tent in the middle of a snowstorm. And fortunately for her, she's got a nice hot ab covered blanket named Ooh, Jacob Black. Does he ever wear a shirt? That in was hilarious. In this film, yes. He <laughs> does wear a shirt like once, but yeah. Yeah, because in order to keep Bella safe from Victoria, the wolves and vampires decide to like come to an agreement to take shifts to protect the the swans. Um, so Charlie's just hanging. Yeah, he's just living his life. He has no idea any of this shit's going on. He doesn't on. know anything. No. He's just like, hmm. Better to be in the dark, I think. Good old Chuck, huh? <sighs> you think someone calls him Chuck? Oh, I think he's called Chuck by one of his friends. Billy Black. I could be wrong. Yeah, the cuck scene in the tent where Taylor's like, I see you got me calling him Taylor. God damn That's it. That's his name. Jacob. Who's that? He wants to shut the hell up. <laughs> Jacob is able to keep Bella alive, basically. Well, that might be extreme, but at least from getting Not hypothermia um, by cuddling her and keeping her warm inside of the sleeping bag. And of course, he's got to throw out the survival line of you get a lot warmer a lot faster if we took our clothes off. And I was like, I'm into this. <laughs> Edward's like, not cool. Proceed. Go ahead. I'll watch. Yeah. (laughs) Stephanie loves cucking her audience. I like to watch. It's great. And the whole time he's pretty much making eye contact, like, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Mm -hmm. Which I guess he's kind of getting Edward back because earlier Edward sees Taylor watching them, you know, when they're sort of making out or whatever. Yeah. And he just makes it a point to make out with Bella right in front of him. Yeah, they're very immature. Classic masculinity right there, baby. So dumb. You know what it is. Yeah. Wow. But at least at least that scene provides some context of like the thought process of what Edward is thinking because in that scene Edward reveals like while I was gone and considering killing myself for 7 months, I did contemplate her being happy with you. And right. I do think that she could have been so at least he's able to admit that. Which was cool, you know? I think that's a good trait. Mm-hmm. You always have to weigh the pros and cons of being like, am I offering enough for them to justifiably be with me? And it's cool that Edward did that because he did consider, you know, I love this person, but would she be better off without me? Mm-hmm. And I still feel like in a lot of ways, Edward's, Edward does feel that way because he says essentially that she's made up her mind. Yes. And he would never ask her to do something she doesn't want to do. Yeah. Which is pretty cool now that I say it because he's giving her the power, mm-hmm. you know, because he and he also says in this, if she chose a life without him, he would leave. He would leave her alone. Yeah. So, you know, Edward, he is getting good traits in this. He's becoming a lot more likable. That's for sure. But I suppose at the expense of Jacob being an asshole. Oh, damn. We do need to talk about Rosalie's origin story. We already got Jasper. We need to hit on Rosalie. We got Jasper's backstory, which was interesting. But Rosalie's backstory, I was sitting here like, Mouth agape, just shook to the heavens. I completely forgot. Would you like to tell? Sure, I'll tell it. So Rosalie, in her past life, she grew up in like the 40s, I think. Yeah. I think that's about the time frame she was coming of age. She's getting ready to get married. Um, she started courting this like socialite asshole who <laughs> just flirts and fucks all the women in in the town. But she doesn't really care because she's ignorant in love and she's in love with the idea of love and she wants to become a mother and have a family. And that is her life path. Like that is her goal, which is awesome for her, except for the fact she chose the wrong guy to hang oh, out boy, with. Oh boy, did she. So basically one night she's like walking home from a friend's house 
and she runs into this piece of shit who is with his friends who are openly drinking and getting drunk in public. What turns into an introduction becomes a gang rape. And they proceed to take advantage of her and beat her essentially to death. Yeah. Until Carlisle finds her in the street covered in her own blood, begging for death. But he turns her. And then Selfishly, she, I suppose. Yeah. Well, yeah. But saves her, saves her yeah. mortal life, but also doesn't. Yeah. Saves her undead life. And she life. says that she would have preferred to die. Yeah. Which is sad because yeah, she's insane. just begging for death in the street after half a dozen men. Just after all that, not only getting like her heart broken, her. but also just, yeah. Yeah. Once again, it's an SVU episode. Don't dunk. I was like, wow. Yeah. Did not know this. Yeah, but she enacts her revenge and she kills Roy Queen. in a wedding dress, which is pretty fucking badass. She has a flair for the theatrics, mm-hmm. which I said a little bit of an I spit on your grave homage there. Mm-hmm. The short of it is it's essentially the same plot. Like a woman has that happen to her and yeah. then she gets revenge on her attackers. Perfect. And it's, yeah, it was, a, it was a very influential, very graphic, obviously, yeah. horror film because... It was a very early portrayal of a woman in the lead getting revenge, getting Mm -hmm. power on her attackers. Yeah. So it's seen, you know, it's a very grisly and sort of looked down upon as almost like torture porn type thing, you Mm -hmm. know, just all about the kill, but also in a lot of ways was empowering. Sure, it's cathartic. Yeah. Especially for victims of sexual violence. Right. So. So that was insane. Yeah. I was like looking over at DJ like, are you kidding me? I'm like, like this, yeah, this is it. <laughs> this really? Which is, in, and it explains a lot of Bella's, of Rosalie's resentment for Bella. Mm-hmm. There is a, quite a lot of justification. In right. The, it makes sense. In this. Yeah. Which again, I think Stephanie did a good job with this because yeah. she's like, what you're about to give up is all I ever wanted mm-hmm. in my life. And it was taken from me. Yeah. And you're just willingly going to give it up. Yeah. When that's like. If I could do anything to get that back. So it makes sense that she would be mad. Mm-hmm. And resentful. So it's almost like it's almost like it's not even just Bella. Like she doesn't hate Bella. No, it's she just hates she the hates the decision. Of, yeah, she hates the concept of giving up the most precious gift anyone, especially. And that's ugh, that's kind of like the, the Mormon <laughs> side of things. Yeah. <laughs> but especially giving up I felt the it. most precious gift that quote unquote woman is given. Right. Is the ability to to rear kids rosalie yeah. wanted to be a mom and she can she never did. be that which is sad it's extremely sad for women that adopt want to be but she's a vampire she can't adopt oh, a kid. turn a kid they can't willingly turn people without what? the volturi's consent really yeah that's what this whole thing they got the volturi's permission oh to turn that's why Bella. victoria that whole thing mm-hmm was a bad thing because they were just turning random vampires yeah oh shit it's a really high risk situation because it it risks exposure i did not even think about that there is a there is a logic into well let's rapid fire a few real quick Mm. that i want to just hit hit on hint at before we get into the big ultimate bad yeah of everything I thought it was very funny that Charlie tries to have the talk with Bella. Bella immediately after that tries to get the D from Edward. Don't we all? But just it's want too the dangerous. It's too dangerous because this man's D game is insane. I would, you know, I want to know what it's like. Curious. Wow. Don't we all? Don't, Don't we, we all? all? Like Whether be, we want to be Edward or like be dicked down room. by Edward. Wow. Good form, Edward. It, yeah. Damn. Damn. The thrust. 
<laughs> the thrust. But along with that same scene, Edward really doesn't want to have sex for multiple reasons. Oh, he wants it, to have sex. Well, he just here's the thing. Can't. He wants to. He can't. He brings up the fact, hey, I was born in 1901, essentially. Mm -hmm. In my time, I would have courted you. I would have asked your father for your hand. And he proposes to Bella. It was very intimate. But it did bring up interesting stuff that DJ spoke on earlier that we've talked about. How they're sort of bringing their old generations into the modern day. Could you talk a little bit, just very briefly, mm -hmm. on Bella's aversion to blood and what that meant? So, canonically, in the first book, Bella is really freaked out by blood and she claims that she can smell it and it really grosses her out in the first book she does a lab where they're doing blood typing in biology class and edward skips that day and she almost like faints because she is that freaked out by it but some for some reason in eclipse she's just willing to like blood let on some trees mm -hmm. to like get the newborns in a frenzy and i just thought that was a really weird inconsistency and I and I get it. Like characters can change. Edward himself claims that Bella's blood really doesn't bother her, bother him as much right. anymore because he had to almost kill her. True. Um, he's changed. I just it was an inconsistency that I noticed this way through. And Bella. And Bella appropriates native culture <laughs> appropriates yet again, like another quil white quilute? woman. The Quileute. Quileute culture because. I guess it's not appropriation. It's just she's just taking it. Blindly. I'm saying it's appropriate. <laughs> I mean, it's not like she's like, I'm doing this for the Quileute tribe. Like, she doesn't, like, cite her sources in the middle of a battle. Either way. How would you go about that? That's not your story, <laughs> Bella. Any, but anyway, we're talking about the story of the third wife who basically sacrificed herself to save her husband, who was the only living werewolf in the tribe, mm -hmm. and to protect the rest of the tribe. And Bella, in turn, makes herself bleed to distract a vampire, just like the third wife did during the newborn battle, specifically when Riley and Victoria are trying to kill Edward in the, the tent area in the mountains. So, yeah, she just ripped off that. She's like, yeah. that's a good story. I'll take that. Oh, that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. And with that, we get to the final point we wanted to talk about before we get to how our relationships have changed mm -hmm. with this film. These films. It is that the end of Eclipse sets up the true big bad, mm -hmm. the Volturi, pretty much the representation of government. Yay, government. <laughs> as the big bad behind everything. Oh, yeah. Because they definitely knew what Victoria was doing. They allowed it to happen to pretty much serve their means. Yeah. Right? We, I'm just curious of like whether or not this is, I guess it's kind of a more of a Republican mindset of like no big government. Big government. No big government. That's the, uh, that's the end game argument for this, isn't it? It's definitely, I mean, the Volturi is the, the evil entity. That big government. Yeah. But the Volturi sent... They set really reasonable guidelines. Very reasonable. It's like, hey, keep it it's inconspicuous. It's like three rules, right? Yeah. Like, don't change people if you can help it. And uh, don't make... Don't make a scene. Don't make a scene. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. There's, it's really only like two rules. Right. It's really not that involved of a government, but apparently it's enough of an issue. We need to take them down for some reason. Mm-hmm. Because they are ultimately the big bad that were behind... Everything. Everything. It's really interesting. And up to this point, the Volturi 
They're not very threatening. We just know that they have a lot more power than we've been let in on at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really know what the implications of the, the Volturi are, other than they are willing to kill anyone. Seemingly for yeah, any reason. Turn of a dime. Yeah. What's is that the right? That's not the right phrase. Yeah, the turn of a dime, something like that. Yeah, I don't I know. I think if that's, so. Am I losing my mind? Yeah, turn on a dime. Turn is a, on a dime. I don't. It's a bad phrase. It's an immediate Edit term. this out, my love. No. Help me. Please. <laughs> I'm floundering. I want the people to think I'm smart. All right. We'll try again. I don't know how to reword it. Okay. <laughs> they will just kill anyone on the spot if they feel like it, basically. Because even though they have laws, they are also completely ruthless. And they are one of the few entities in the world that can exterminate vampires. Because government- So it's kind of their job. Government does what government wants to do. They break their own rules. Mm-hmm. Hey, you see it happening all over. Every goddamn day. And that is New Moon. That is Eclipse. We did it. We did it. We made it to the end. So now, our final segment. I'm so excited. What is our relationship with New Moon, with Eclipse, now? It depends. What affects did these films have on you then are any of those still in hold now i will again go first please do victor v sweet because it's very simple my relationship before was non-existent <laughs> did not watch these films until three years ago this is only my second rewatch of new moon and eclipse and i gotta say they're very fun watches i would highly recommend them to anyone who just wants to watch a turn your brain off film you you know that the portrayals of love are not great. You know that a lot of it is pretty hammy. But it's definitely better than the first movie by a landslide. I would say that these films do a pretty good portrayal of showing vampires and werewolves in a new way. I know that they were often shit on before, especially the whole sparkly vampire thing. But I think it's interesting. You know, vampires, werewolves, they don't have to be portrayed in the same way. There's many ways to show and adapt them. And I think that the director of these films did an amazing job salvaging what could have been much worse. Absolutely. Because if they continued what they did with the first film in these ones, they would not be remembered as well as they are today. Like, I know that the first one is very, very much remembered, and it has, you know, iconic scenes. It's very much like a cult film. But it's like a cult film. It's like a meme remembrance. Yes. Whereas these ones, I feel like, are at least somewhat regarded as, you know, pretty good. Edward did good acting. To sum it all up, I would definitely, more so than the original Twilight, I would at least, you know, invite these invite these movies over to, like, a game night. Fun. And it'll be a good time. But, again, I need other people around. I'm still not hanging one-on-one. <laughs> still not hanging one-on-one with We're not these. having a romantic dinner, huh? No, 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 no. Yeah. But, but they're they a good hang. time. They're they a can good come time. come to the cookout absolutely (laughs) my relationship i would say has definitely i think it's pretty much the same to be honest because i get a lot of cathartic energy out of watching these films because it puts me back into that headspace of being a sad teen girl Mm. and being like i'm happy i'm not as sad anymore there you go and i'm happy my brain is not as smooth (laughs) i've got some more folds in my brain since then like it it's been great like you were saying victor i think it's just it's a dumb turn your brain off thing. Also, 
Still gets my juices flowing. There are some hot scenes. Oh, Lord. There are some hot scenes in these movies. And my juice is flowing. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it floats my boat still. It still does great stuff. Figured out, I was like, damn, this is why I like flannel shirts. Because every time Kristen is getting hot and heavy with Edward mm-hmm. in these scenes, I, I cannot keep these names consistent. Are we calling them Bella and Edward or are we calling them Kristen and and Robert. Whatever you want to do. Whomever. Regardless, in those those sexy time scenes, she's usually wearing a flannel shirt. And I'm like, I think this is a repressed memory. <laughs> I think this is a subconscious thing. Because now every time I see a chick in a flannel, I'm like, damn, is something about to happen? <laughs> <laughs> is she about to make out with the first man she sees? I hope so. But it's good. It's good. It it, it does the sexual tension well still. still. Still holds up in my book. I'll buy both these movies a drink at a bar. Whoa. Yeah. Go for the courtship? Nah. Just get him, get him a little drunk. Maybe share a kiss at the end of the night. Oh, very nice. going nice. home. Very nice. Not, no wine night stands. Intimate? Just, just a little, little smooch. That's it. It was nice to meet you. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good time. What, if any, lasting effects do you still have? Oh. Still have from the relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about the flannels. That's still there. Oh, yeah. Is there any other things, you know, that stuck around? Um, Have changed your I life? I still think that because of these films, there is still a little bit of a savior complex instilled in me. And just in like, especially women in general, it's like seeing broken people or broken men in particular. And kind of like, there's, a, you know, that's the classic trope is like, I can fix them. Yeah. I can fix them. Oh, and, you God. know, that's just, I'm not calling you broken or anything. <laughs> Listen, We're I'm, all broken. I know what I am. Everybody's right. broken. But I do think that is still like a lasting effect of like wanting to love somebody to help them be better. And I think that's, even though it's kind of like toxically portrayed in these films, I still think that's a really nice intention of wanting to be there for somebody. Because... It turned from wanting to change somebody into wanting to be the best best version of yourself for that person, which is a noble cause and helping each other be better, which is as we get into Breaking Dawn, we'll figure out that is the end game for these two right. is becoming their best versions of themselves for each other, All which right. is as noble of a cause as any. Isn't it? Yes. Well, with that... <laughs> what isn't it yes <laughs> isn't it indubitably <laughs> indubitably should i do a better ending no it's fine absolutely let us wrap this episode up nice little bow oh a nice little bow yeah a little christmas gift Ooh. Ooh, christmas it's christmas in our hearts y'all always it's, it may be 103 degrees outside but it's christmas in our hearts and it's uh, Halloween in my brain, so it's fine. That's right. Well, TJ, thank you for, you know, really getting into it. It was fun. Episode. We went all over the place. Sharing a bit of your personal life oh, story, yeah. you know? It's fine. That's I'm always here. here to share trauma with anybody. Oh, trauma bond. I'm a stereotypical oversharer. Love just letting people know too <laughs> goddamn much about me. Hey, well, isn't that fun? It's nice. I'm it's an open nice book. to share. I'm an open and book. And again, see how we are all alike more than we are different. DJ. Yes. You told them about your depression. Oh, the depression. If they want to follow you, get in contact with mm-hmm. you, anything, you know, see your thoughts. Where can you be found on the internets? I can be found on, where can I be found? Twitch. No, damn it. I meant to say Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. 
at DJ Vivich. Mm-hmm. That's like my only social you really need. <laughs> so deal with it. Don't worry I'm about it. I'm ambiguous. I am a person who needs a personal life. Hey, you know, don't we if all? If you want podcast version of me, go to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And I am, once again, Victor V. Sweet. You can find me, twitter.com forward slash Victor V. Sweet and twitch.com forward slash Victor V. Sweet. Cohesive branding on both playing a lot of video games. Sometimes DJ's there. Sometimes I'm there. Story games. We have a good time. Much like Edward's ghost fading in and out of the background. Sometimes I'm on the Twitch channel and sometimes I'm not. That's how it works. She's but an lucky enigma. for Victor, he doesn't have to risk his life for me to be there. <laughs> Jump off no. a cliff. Thank goodness, because I could not do that. I'd be like, oh man, that ain't worth it. No, no, I'm, no. I'm about to die. I would never be I would on just the... pass out at the top of the cliff anyways. Oh my God, you were <laughs> terrified of heights. Show Dependent Podcast on all podcast platforms, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And not only there, but show dependent pod at Twitter, at Instagram, follow, tell us what you liked, leave a comment, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast site where you get it. Tell us what you liked. Don't need to hear what you didn't. <laughs> Keep your rude comments to your fucking self. Keep your rudeness to yourself. <laughs> Five stars or get out. Damn straight. <laughs> but this has been the show dependent podcast mm-hmm. and we will see you next time for the finale of the twilight franchise it is breaking dawn there's two films but it's just breaking dawn we love a money grab Ooh, don't we Woo, thank you so all that next time have a great week two yeah, weeks whatever have a great life have a great time out there. Stay safe. Stay cool. Bella, Bella where, where the, the hell, hell have you been, been Loka? Perfect. Nailed it.